Today on Wisconsin Veterans Forward. The nonprofit world is weird and unforgiving, and uh, it's just a different beast. You know, if you try to run a nonprofit like a business, entirely like a business, there are certain aspects that, you know, obviously have, have parallels. But if you try to run it entirely like a for-profit business, um, you usually get into a little bit of trouble. And the other way around uh, as well, there are just certain protocols and procedures and best practices and like base level uh, low bar expectations, things that folks who have experience in the nonprofit world know about know to do and know how to do well that people that don't they just don't get and you have to work in a nonprofit to really get it uh you know you can volunteer for a nonprofit. you could be a committee member you could be a board member and you'll have more of a clue uh but until you work for a nonprofit, you don't quite appreciate just the unique persistent level of stress associated with with, with working in a nonprofit ecosystem uh that said, it's an exceptionally satisfying, uh, it's a valuable thing. You know, a, a lot of people that, that work for nonprofits, they don't have, they don't have trouble sleeping at night. They know they're doing good things. Uh, you know, it's, it's a fulfilling and satisfying career. And being able to serve veterans in the nonprofit space is doubly fulfilling, especially for folks like myself who served. And folks like our guest today who also served and has spent the last however many years of his career uh, serving veterans, either in a government or a nonprofit capacity. It's it's super fulfilling. You know, the, the, the veterans, we just have a connection with our people and we want to be able to to support and, and still be their wingmen, even when we're not in the service anymore. A lot of us. And I think that's really cool. That's it. There are a lot of challenges in this space, a lot of uh, unique challenges. There are unique best practices in the nonprofit world, but there are unique challenges uh, as well that you don't see in any other industry in the government or in especially for profit or corporate entities like that. Nonprofits have unique struggles and the veteran nonprofit ecosystem is no exception. In fact, the veteran nonprofit ecosystem has uh, its own kind of niche, unique challenges uh, that they have to deal with and endure and overcome to be able to stay solvent and continue to make an impact. Some some nonprofit organizations out there just struggle to stay solvent, much less to have a, have a programmatic impact. It's it's a tough, cutthroat, dog eat dog nonprofit world out there, uh, and and so the question is, how does a nonprofit? succeed how does a nonprofit kind of nudge their way to the front and be seen by donors and supporters and volunteers and board members how do they overcome these certain these challenges that are unique to them in the nonprofit or the veteran serving nonprofit ecosystem and that's what we're talking about because it's nonprofit and community month that's what we're that's what we're all about right now we're talking about nonprofits in Wisconsin community supporting endeavors and charities uh, and programs in the state of Wisconsin. And we couldn't have a better guy here to talk to us about that than Zach Zadroik. He is with Veterans Outreach of Wisconsin. He's going to tell you all about that. He's been uh, a county veteran services officer. Like, this is a guy that knows his stuff at a 
very wide. Like he knows from the government service angle, from the county veteran service uh, angle, but then also he's in the nonprofit world now. And he's doing some groundbreaking stuff. Uh, uh, Veterans Outreach of Wisconsin are the folks that are responsible for the veteran uh, tiny homes village in Racine County. They're the ones behind that. And we've all heard about that. You know, but it's people like Zach that are that are behind the scenes making this magic happen and making a real impact. So we have Zach on the show today to talk about what are his unique challenges in his space. What is he seeing in the nonprofit world? For those of you out there that that work in the nonprofit world or aspire to one day have or work for a nonprofit, what do you need to be on the lookout for? Or are you a volunteer? And, and the knowledge of this information would probably help you to better empathize with and and support the paid members of the or the paid staff of the nonprofit. So I think this touches a lot of people. And I think some of you will be surprised, people that are on the kind of the periphery on the outside of the nonprofit ecosystem. I think I've used the word ecosystem 47 times, and I'm sorry. If you have another word for ecosystem, please put it in the chat and I will I will alternate between whatever that word is and ecosystem okay or if you have like a third or a fourth word i'll just i'll just keep rotating them out so apologies uh but i think you'll find this valuable and very interesting this is a very unique space and i'm looking forward to diving into it with our guest zach zadroik right after this lovely new bumper You are listening to Wisconsin Veterans Forward, Wisconsin's premier audio resource for veterans, military families, veteran-owned, and veteran-friendly businesses. Wisconsin Veterans Forward is brought to you by the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber of Commerce at wiveteranschamber.org. I love the new bumper. I'm excited about it. Okay, enough about that. Zach, my friend, how are you today, sir? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Hey, I got to ask you, was the bumper too loud? No, I think it was good. Okay. I don't want people to like too long too, so I was good. Toss their headphones just because it's like, (laughs) yeah. So what's happening over there in Racine County, man? Talk talk to us. Yeah. So, I mean, here at VOW, obviously we focus on two main things right now. We have veterans housing with the tiny homes. So we focus on veterans housing and then food insecurities with our veterans marketplace. We are going to be incorporating a new program here within the next month, and that's going to be our mental health program. Our mental health program is going to offer group therapy groups for uh, the outside veteran community, not only our residents, but also the, obviously um, we bring the residents there daily to go through, take care of their mental health problems. And our veterans marketplace, obviously we have 450 veterans and surviving spouses go through there once a month, right? Whoa. So that tells me there's a big need there. And those numbers have been going up as the cost of food goes up across the board. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. one other thing we're going to be adding to is a a veterans mobile marketplace. So the concept behind that is pretty simple. Um, We take our mobile, our marketplace and make it mobile. We're going to gut a bus. We're going to get a race car hauler. And we're going to use that to go to veterans housing groups in the state of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, we'd like to go to separate counties, work with different veteran programs, work at the CVSOs keep those data and analytics from those specific cities or counties, then that way we pass that to that veteran community in hopes that maybe they want a veteran marketplace there one day. But we got a lot of good things. Continue to be innovative. I think that's the most important thing now. So So you're definitely not collecting dust is the bottom line. 
Uh, you're, you're not growing moss. That's for sure. You guys are keeping busy and you're, you're having a real impact. Let's, let's start from the first one there. Cause I have so many questions about the tiny homes project. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of it, some of it comes from like the beginning, you know, there, there's so many people that they hear about the tiny homes project. They're like, man, it's a really great idea. I personally wouldn't even know where to begin from the ideation phase to actually getting the things built and approved through all the different entities and getting the funding and blah, 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 blah. How insane and how big of a lift was that to go from ideation to breaking ground? Yeah. So our founder who created, uh, founded the whole uh, vow, we, it started very simple, basic human needs, right? Mm -hmm. And that started with our veterans marketplace. So we're providing food to the community, you know, cold weather gear, stuff like that, whatever they may need for the veterans. And from that, we found out like, wow, there's a lot of housing needed around here as well. We don't have enough here in Southeast Wisconsin for these vets because we still have homeless veterans. And we saw something that was online about the tiny home project. It was like, hmm, I wonder if that's mm -hmm. something we can do here. And it, we had some land available, like, hey, let's contact these guys and contact them. And they were part of the tiny home project. And we said, hey, we want to do this here in Racine. We worked with the city very closely. We had their support immediately. The county was on board. Nice. And before you know it, November 2017, we were uh, cutting a ribbon and vets were moving in to the homes. And it was just amazing. From, from just the thought to making it happen, it was like, bam, blink of an eye. And all of a sudden, before you know it, we're housing vets and we're moving forward and seeing what else it needs. is. How many, so how many houses are in this particular, what do you call it, a village or yes. a, yeah. okay. We have 15, 15 currently, 15 houses. And, and my understanding was that you pretty much had 15 houses filled with 15 veterans almost immediately. Yes. Right away. So sometimes depending on the time of year, sometimes during summer, you know, we'll have a couple mm -hmm. openings, but like during the winter, like right now, numbers are we're full as mm -hmm. well as every veterans housing program in Southeast Wisconsin. But I think a lot of that has to go into, uh, you know, people are getting evicted now. Right. With, uh, so, I mean, them getting evicted only causes more of a need. Like right now, and not to slam on this, but in Southeast Wisconsin, it's hard to find an opening for somebody that needs housing for veterans. Hmm. So, so is it mostly transient housing or are people staying long-term? What's the average duration? So it is a two-year program. Not all vets stay two years. Some stay two years, some stay two and a half years. It depends. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we individualize the program, right? Cause we have some of the vets have been living in their car for years. Some mm -hmm. have been living in a woods for years. Other vets been just got divorced, need a little extra help. So mm -hmm. depending on what their plan is, maybe they want to have an apartment or buy a house one day. We'll set them up for success from there. So our program director works with them one-on-one. -on -one. We have finance planners come in. We have, you know, employment opportunities come in and move forward with, with uh, whatever they need. That's amazing. So it's not just, you know, not just a roof over their heads, which is very important, yes. but you're giving them that, that kind of holistic support to get them back, back on their feet. And is it, is it one per house then? Yes. One veteran per house. And how many, uh, how many veterans, let's say in a given year come in and out of, of the village? So that number, I can give you the number total. So, I mean, it, you, it, you can it, guesstimate, it, I'm not, I'm not trying to grill you here. 2025, probably once a year. So, so since no, November 2017, we've had about 67 veterans complete the program. So right, right on. Yeah. And those are folks that complete it mm -hmm. with a housing solution and employment and enduring resources. 
Exactly. Because some vets, I'll be honest, I mean, this program isn't for everyone. Let's be honest right. here. It's mm-hmm. a community program. So you're working with, you know, the program director, as well as you're working with the other residents back there on certain things. And some mm-hmm. some people just don't want anything to do with it. And that's okay. We still set them up mm-hmm. for success mm-hmm. the best we can. But we look at the numbers for uh, what was completed. And that's about 67 up to this date. What are some of the unique challenges that you face with the ongoing maintenance of the, not just the facilities, but, uh, you know, maintaining there's probably a code of ethics and behavioral standards. And I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you run into some very unique challenges. Can you tell, and without going into too many details, obviously, because we have people's personal experiences to take into Mm -hmm. account here, but, but how, how challenging is it to maintain this property? So very, to put it simply, but um, it depends. So when we do, uh, when somebody applies uh, to live here, we sit down with them like, okay, what do you want to do in life? What's your goal? Like, where do you want to get to? We explain what the program is. We take them through VOW and let them see exactly everything we have going on. And if they say, I'd like to live here. But okay, five years, where do you see yourself? Two years. Like, do you just want housing? Do you want to work? Do you want schooling? Whatever it is. And are you okay with the community program? Because we put emphasis on that community program because that's what they're going to be living in. If you're not a people mm-hmm. person, this might be a difficult program. But sometimes, you know, individuals that aren't people people, they'll come in and be like, you know what? They grow to love this place and they, sure. they have self-growth. So, you know, we allow, obviously, there's little rifts among residents here and there as anywhere in any workplace mm-hmm. for that matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we take it as it comes. Honestly, we've been very lucky. There hasn't been like, really extreme cases of something happening, but, um, you know, we work with those people one-on-one and kind of move forward with them. Right on. So is, what are, what are your plans for the future? I mean, you said that there's a constant, constant need. Are, are you hoping to expand and have more of these in Racine County? Uh, Mark flower says, keep up the good work, Zach. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate you, Mark. Mark's a good dude. We like Mark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, yeah, so sorry about that, Zach. Uh, what what is what are your plans for the future there in Racine County? Are, are you hoping to to build more? So we'll see. Honestly, I don't want to say yes. I don't want to say no. I mean, the biggest thing that we do here is we focus on the need, right? And this winter, we're kind of realizing, yeah, there is a need for veterans housing. Mm-hmm. Big time. Mm-hmm. Union Grove, they're booked. You know, the the housing over at the VA, they're booked with CVI. I mean, right. And there's other CVI apartments around here and they're full. So, I mean, it tells me that there's a need there. We also focus on the mental health side of things. Like that's where we're focused on right now, because ever since the pullout in Afghanistan, obviously that hit the veteran community very hard. And when I was the service officer, I heard those needs and I saw those needs firsthand. So I knew that we needed to do something here at VAL to have something that, you know, the vets can come to at any time to escape that, you know, place in their mind that might be getting dark for them. So with the housing, though, to kind of focus on that, it's something that we're thinking about and talking about, but we're kind of monitoring the numbers and seeing how this winter plays out with other mm-hmm. veteran programs. Because the reason we didn't is because we had 15 homes and it was like it was a good number. It was a good number because we had a program director run it pretty well. It wasn't getting too wild. It was pretty mm-hmm. smooth. But also we had all this other veterans housing in, in the area and they always had one or two openings. So it was nice. But like I said, this is one of the first years. It's like everything's booked. So it's like, okay. Maybe we need to look at other problem uh, focuses out there where we need to look at. So, and where does the funding for something like that come from? I can't even imagine how much it would 
cost? I mean, is it a county funding, state funding? Is it largely private donors, individual donors, or a combination? All the above, honestly. So whenever I bring anyone through VOW, I explain first thing, like all this here is from the community. It all Mm -hmm. is. Whether it's for businesses, you know, sponsoring a home, sponsoring community center, families donating, you know, some food for our marketplace. Mm -hmm. It's honestly incredible to see the support and people come together whenever we need anything. But without them, we wouldn't be here. Without the community, this place would never exist. So it's a little bit of everything. We obviously, being a 501c3, we apply for the grants annually. And uh, yeah, just the community as a whole has been the reason we're here. That's amazing. You know, and and in the national news, given things that have been going on in the last few years, you see Racine and Kenosha counties and mm-hmm. in the news for certain things that have happened. And it's easy for people on the outside looking in to think that Racine isn't a great community. But the truth is, when you're boots on the ground, Racine is a great community with great people who support, you know, who support each other and support their veterans. And 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 the fact that this thing is funded and running and making an impact is proof of that. You know, I think it's amazing. And I, I just wanted to draw attention to something that we talked about before uh, we went live is you said you faced like no bureaucratic resistance from Racine city County. Like they were on board from the get go. Is that correct? Yeah. The city and the County were extremely supportive when we got this going back in uh, November, 2017. I mean, obviously there's a politics that go into it, but for the most part, they were very supportive. We had a lot of strong supporters within the city and the County that made this happen. No problem for us. Good stuff. We're going to continue this conversation with Zach from Veterans Outreach Wisconsin in the very next episode of Wisconsin Veterans Forward. We'll see you over there. Thank you for listening to Wisconsin Veterans Forward, brought to you by the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber of Commerce. Please visit us at wiveteranschamber.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review in whatever platform you're listening through.